Hello again, everybody, and welcome to episode 26 of the Plainsman Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Kilgore. Today on the show, we're just going to talk about week one, uh, top 25, SEC, and then, of course, Auburn. And then we will look ahead to week two. We'll have our spread picks, and Marcus will have a Plainsman poll. So let's go ahead and welcome in the boys, Brett. Good, good to have you back, man. Good to be back. I'm glad we got that W on week one. Wasn't worried about it, but you never know. Yeah, it's always uh, always good to get back to your winning ways. It had been October of last year since we won, so that, that was uh, definitely a good feeling to have the team celebrate in the locker room again, even though it was just Mercer. Marcus, welcome back, man. Hey, man. It's good to be back. Uh, like we all said, it's football season. We've been talking about this for a while, and um, we're in it, so... I'm excited to get uh get kicked off and let's uh let's dive into to what we got. All right, well uh let's go back to Thursday night of this past week. Uh, there was a couple of games with some big teams in it. Um, Pitt and West Virginia brought back the backyard brawl for the first time in a while, and man, that game was electric. Um, that was the first game of the night, Thursday night, six o'clock. You know, just. Had everything, the crowd, the the rivalry, the bitterness, even, you know, I mean, obviously these players had not played each other before, um, you know, at all, but the hatred was still there, you know, between the fan bases. What Did, did y'all get to watch most of that game Thursday night? Yeah, I did. Um, I think that that's something I was trying to, like, put into a perspective is, like, if, if the Iron Bowl wasn't played for 10 years um, and then we played – I mean, it would be crazy. I mean, because you still deal with each other every day, no matter whether you play or not. And to be able to play since you hadn't played in a while, I mean, that place was cranked and it was rocking. So uh, no, it was it was a fun game too. Um, both coaches was, you know, excited for for to bring it back, and I think everybody agreed that we gotta bring that that particular robbery back into every year. Yeah, for sure. Not only that, you know, like to your point with the Iron Bowl, imagine playing the Iron Bowl week one. After, yeah. You know, like I could not imagine I wouldn't that. want to, that's no. for sure. Um, Brett, did you have anything on that game? No, the, the crowd brought it. Um, I like that the pit coach called out ESPN for dis- disrespecting their fans. I love that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I'm glad that that was one of the first games we got to see because it was probably one of the better games that will happen on a Thursday night this year. And it was worth watching every second of it. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it, you know, it was a 38-31 game. Pitt poured it out. I, I think that was another thing is, you know, Pitt had pretty high expectations this year. They're coming off the ACC championship game. And, um, you know, you got your rival rolling in a town who's not, not done great since they went to the Big 12, if we're being honest. But, um, you know, they, they kind of had nothing to lose, it felt like. And, and Pitt kind of withstood it. So, um, yeah, that was a good way to kick off the season for sure. Um, Oklahoma State and Central Michigan. That's another game I want to talk about Thursday night. Just for the simple fact that um, Oklahoma State was up 44-15, to 15, I believe, at halftime. And our old buddy Derek Mason, who Oklahoma State just could not get over the fact that he left Auburn to come there. and They just wanted him so bad. Well, y'all got him. Uh he let Central Michigan come all the way back with 22 points in the fourth quarter. Now, Oklahoma State did hold on to win, but a 58-44 to game with a Central Michigan team that had no business being on the field with a top 15 Oklahoma State. Um, Marcus, what, 
what was your takeaway from the Oklahoma State Central Michigan game? I just think it opened my eyes into – I don't think Derek Mason is all that we thought he was when he left. I think we all looked at it as an instant negative. But, you know, I just think that sometimes just because coaches don't get along doesn't mean that one or the other is even in the wrong. Sometimes it's just better to split ways. And uh, I'm happy he's gone. You know, when I say I'm happy he's gone, I think last year, I mean, there were times like the Iron Bowl where where we did really well. But then there's also times where we had a 20-plus lead against Mississippi State. And for whatever reason – well, I can tell you why we weren't aggressive like we should have been. You know, we, we lost the lead. So when that happens multiple times, um, you know, I, I'm good with I'm, – I'm glad that he's gone. Oklahoma State can have him. Yeah, I saw a lot of tweets after the game. Oklahoma State fans are not happy after week one. They want to give Derek Mason back and uh, no receipts, please. We, <laughs> we do not want him back. You can keep him. Yeah, that, that was that. – I mean, when I saw the, the tweets, I was like, yeah, that just serves all right. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get up to yesterday. Uh, we had a few ranked games yesterday, uh, not involving the SEC, so we'll start there. Ohio State and Notre Dame was, was the big daddy last night, and I'll be honest, this did not go the way I thought. Um, I thought Ohio State would be able to pretty much name their score, and they weren't. Um, they were struggling, and they were actually down late in the third quarter before Ohio State scored a go-ahead touchdown and then an insurance touchdown in the fourth. But, of course, I didn't get to watch the game. Um, maybe maybe y'all had had a better feel of it than I did. But what was, was Notre Dame that good, or was Ohio State just not hitting the ground running? I mean, I'd say a little bit of both. I think the biggest surprise to me is they were in the horseshoe last night. So I was expecting – Ohio State to come out and be able to to give more of a punch um, under Marcus Freeman, though I, I kind of expected Notre Dame to come out and play hard. But, you know, it didn't surprise me that it was a game in the third and fourth quarter. But at the same time, I, Ohio State's been hyped up this offseason. And we'll get to it later, but I just, I just would not put Ohio State in that Tier 1 team right now, maybe later on in the year. But – as of right now, I'd say they're just with everybody else, um, you know, in the top fifteen probably. So I overall though I wasn't surprised. Another game from yesterday that was top twenty five and very close was NC State and ECU. I'm sure that nobody really watched that game, but uh NC State was a team that a lot of people had to win the ACC maybe even sneak in the playoff, and they struggled yesterday with ECU. They poured it out 21-20. to 20. Did you see how they won? I did not. Missed extra point. Oh, my gosh. No. Yeah, sure I, was. I was looking at the box score right here, and it showed that ECU had scored six in the fourth. So yeah. I didn't know if they had kicked two. It was late, right. too, I believe. That's tough. Yeah. That was, is tough. And then, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong about this, but if I'm not mistaken – First of all, the ECU kicker was kicker of the year in their conference last year. Missed the extra point, and they he also missed the game-winning field goal too. Oh and it gosh. wasn't that it was not it was probably 30, 40 yards. So he had two chances. A tough day yeah. for that kid. Hope that dude's on suicide watch now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have to double check, but I'm pretty sure that's how he lost. That is a tough one. Um, another one that me and Brett definitely had eyes on was Houston and UTSA. Uh, Houston was ranked 24, so definitely towards the back end. But UTSA, you know, they're 
they're on up there in Conference USA, um, right there with UAB last year. And, you know, Houston had to go to three overtimes to put them away. Um, Brett, that was good for you. You covered. That was also good for me because I had picked that as my number 10 confidence pick in our uh, pick em. So that was, that was a game that was very interesting all the way to the very end. And then uh, one more was Marcus's old buddies from North Carolina and Appalachian State. We tried to tell you, Marcus, me and Braylon sat here two weeks ago, and we, we warned you about the Mounties. It was not the fact – well, first of all, it was not the fact – that I didn't think App State was going to be able to hang. It wasn't that. I just, at the end of the day, it was like North Carolina will be able to to finish it off. I wasn't saying it wasn't going to be a game. And here we are. Let me paint a picture for you. For people who did not watch this game, North Carolina is up 49-35 to with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. We're going to fast forward to App State tying it up. And then, if I'm not mistaken, North Carolina scores. And then App State, with 30 seconds left, scores. Goes for two for the win. Doesn't get it. Then they try the onside kick because they're down one. North Carolina receives the onside kick and runs it all the way back. So, I'm like, we're good. Like, I covered. Perfect case scenario. It was literally the only thing I could have happen. And in that 30 seconds that was left, App State scores, and they go for two, and they did not get it. Yeah. So they North Carolina wins 63-61, and I didn't cover because the spread was two and a half. Right. I was ready to jump off a cliff. Yeah, that hook would get you every time, buddy. That was a wild, wild game. I couldn't imagine scoring 40 points in the fourth quarter and losing I mean, you can't give the other team a 20-point head start going into the last It also quarter. hurt because it was Chiswick on the defense coordinator there. Oh, yeah. I was like, come on, man. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's go on and get into the SEC games. Uh, we'll start with the, the big one that everybody was, was looking at, and that was Georgia and Oregon. And Marks' number seven quarterback in the last ten years goes out to the West Coast, okay. comes back, and they welcome him with a nice 49-3 to beatdown in the Georgia uh, this is what I expected, honestly. I mean, it, it, like all jokes aside, this wasn't a Bo Nix thing. It was a Georgia thing. Um, I thought Georgia. I mean, I, I still do think Georgia is in reload mode. They've they've caught Bama as far as being able to, um, you know, just plug and play a, a new recruiting class. Kirby's got that part figured out, and I think Georgia's going to be dangerous for a little while. So, um, no knock on Oregon. They did look like trash, from what I heard. Um, and the school board shows it forty nine to three. But did what was I know y'all cut that game off pretty early, I assume. If I may. Okay. It's my time to yeah, shine. Yeah, let's I let, need to let's talk let Marcus for a grab while. his bat and come up here and bat for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> just give me about two minutes. Right, First off, I am I'm here to eat my crow. Okay. Georgia, you are there, buddy. You are Bama status. You are now in your dynasty. And it's not just because of Oregon. I need, I do need to like emphasize that Georgia looked the part the other day, other or yesterday. They are good. Their defense is just reloaded. Stetson Bennett, I gotta give it to you, man. You you play with swagger. Like you're you're actually better than anybody gives you credit for. And you go out there, you do your job, and you don't make mistakes. So I'm off the I'm off the Stetson Bennett case. He's a good quarterback. I'm good with it. Um, 
And Georgia is with Bama. I'm sorry. I mean, I think the next 10 years, if they keep Kirby smart, I think they got a chance to win four or five more championships. Because Georgia is just – let me tell you how I know. You can watch Georgia and guys fly to the ball like other teams don't fly to the ball. Like there is – it's just a difference. You can watch it with Bama too. And it is heartbreaking to see because we're living in a time where we have to watch not one, not one for the last 15 years, but now – we're having to watch our other rival, Georgia, just get started. Just get started. Yeah. And Saban's contract's through 28, and Kirby's will be through 58. <laughs> and like, think about that. Kirby's yeah. young. Yeah. Like, Saban started late in his career. Kirby's just getting started. Yeah. Now, do I think Kirby might end up doing something bigger, like go like NFL? I don't know. I mean, my my point is. Is Kirby's going to finally get to where I think he gets bored? Like, that's just my personal opinion. He's going to want something better or start over somewhere. But he's got ties to Georgia. Like, you know, it is what it is. I I just know that Georgia and Bama are the top two teams in the country. And everybody else, even Ohio State, is, is not even close. Not even close. So, it's... It is what it is, though, man. I mean, those two teams ain't going to just slip up. You know what I mean? Like, they're not a week-to-week they could slip up like Ohio State could. Or, um, I don't know, give me somebody else who's in the top five. Texas A&M. Oh, my gosh. They're going to get beat. Yeah, I mean, A&M is going to lose three or four games, in my opinion. Notre Dame did lose yesterday. Notre Dame's not up there. Clemson's not up there. I mean, I'm just saying, those two teams are – just so much better yeah. than everybody else. So yeah. it's crazy, but I ate my crow. Okay, so. well you're done blowing Georgia. What do you got to say for Oregon? Uh, I mean, my thing is, is everybody was hard on Bo yesterday, and rightfully so. My point, my my point of view is, you could have put any other quarterback in Oregon yesterday, and it's still forty nine to three. Just my opinion. Yeah, I think Oregon's offensive line did not match yeah. up to Georgia's offensive line. I agree. And I don't think any any line in the country will, will fare well against them, maybe other than Bama. I agree. Um, like you said, they're just a different caliber. I mean, Georgia as a whole, they are just impressive all the way around. And I was telling you all yesterday, like, Georgia's offensive line is so good mm-hmm. that even with a game manager, mediocre quarterback – they could still win every game. I'm not saying Stetson Bennett is yeah. that. Yeah, Because know. he did make some incredible plays. He kept plays alive. He scrambled. He did very well yesterday. He did great. Better than I ever thought he would. Yeah, he, yeah, he impressed um, me too. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, they could just have a mediocre quarter co- quarterback come in when Bennett's gone and still be just fine. And they, it also helps that they have a 6'7 tight end who weighs 270 pounds that can hurdle people mm-hmm. while running down the side. That was a crazy play. Dude, it's insane to watch that dude run. That's ridiculous. Let's put it in this perspective real quick. Take Justin Herbert back when he was at Oregon and play that game yesterday. And, again, I believe they may have scored a touchdown, but it's not any different score-wise. I'm just telling you, like, it's just different. Like, Another example is this next coming week, not trying to get ahead of ourselves, but Texas. Like, Texas could be back. Texas 
could be good this year. But we can't compare Texas to what they're going to be this year next week against Bama because they're going to get slaughtered. Mm-hmm. So it's really not – I don't know. It, as bad as it sounds, you just don't want to play them. And we got to play both of them yeah. <laughs> every year. So, you know, it's how, tough. How exciting for us. <laughs> uh, so there was another ranked game yesterday uh, in the SEC. Arkansas took on last year's uh, playoff Cinderella, Cincinnati. And that was a game – uh, another one, obviously, I didn't get to watch, but y'all were telling me, you know, keeping me updated. Marcus, you said Arkansas kind of just kept shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, at halftime, this game was 14 to nothing, and, you know, it, it ended up being a seven-point game. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. I feel like Arkansas's um, home field advantage kind of helped them out a little bit yesterday. Uh, I love Sam Pittman. What he's done there in a couple of years has been, in, you know, incredible. I think he fits perfect there. I know they gave him, like, a lifetime contract, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty much. But, um, I mean, Arkansas is a good team. I thought the game was almost boring to me. Like, I was flipping back and forth, and I don't know why. It just kind of was just stale in a way. But, yeah, I mean, I felt like every time Arkansas would make a play, they'd, they'd make a mistake or whatever. They're definitely beatable, that's for sure, because Cincinnati was not great either. So, but, yeah, that was all I had on that game. How did uh, K.J. Jefferson look? Good. I'd say, I mean, he's good. Okay. Um, let's see. Any other big ones? Marcus, uh, Dandy Vandy did it again. They're up to two. That's right. I he, thought they, they tried to blow it in the fourth. but He needs two more. Here's my thing. Two and oh, two games in, your ceiling's four. That's right. Buddy, you got ten games. <laughs> you just got to win two. That's it. And not to mention, this week it's one of the ones where if you can steal it, we're Gucci. Like I think, I mean, if you get the three three weeks in, you can win one and nine. I'm so, I'm just telling you. So maybe, but we we got to talk about Florida and Utah. We will. Yes, okay, that, that was where I was going next. Florida and Utah. So another one that I didn't understand how it played out until I saw it this morning. But Utah was driving inside the five with a chance to win. Yep. I did not realize that. I thought, you know, Florida had just kind of held them off. But I thought it was over. Yeah. I mean, I was watching replays this morning. And I was like, how did Florida hold on and win? And then they got the pick in the end zone. So, that um, that's a statement win. You said that two weeks ago. You said if Florida can, can shock Utah, that it's a good start to Napier's tenure there. And that's what it was. I mean, um, I'm, I'm surprised by the outcome. And uh, Utah was another team a lot like NC State that people had as a dark horse for the playoffs. And uh, – that's that's over one weekend. Well, if I may, I need to go ahead and make a PSA. Anthony Richardson is the real deal. Braylon tried to tell y'all. <laughs> he, man, I'm telling you, if you have a chance, I'd go back and watch the fourth quarter if I were you. It was good. Like, it was like comparing Florida, Utah to Arkansas, Cincinnati is day and night. Because that, the swamp was electric. The game was going back and forth. And Anthony Anthony Richardson had three rushing touchdowns. I don't even think he threw for a touchdown. Nope. But he, I mean, he, dude, he had a play where he rolled out right and he pump fake spun and juke two guys out. And then I believe he either completed the pass for a first down and ran. And I can't can't remember. It was crazy though. No, he had his wide receivers standing all by himself. That's what it was. Yeah, he wasn't even running. So he did throw it. So he did throw a touchdown. But he's. I mean, he's pretty fun to watch. He's going to be trouble. For sure. But, um, all right, so nothing else really major in the SEC. South Carolina, um, I kind of had put them on upset alert this week. They were up 12-7 halftime, and I was thinking, yeah, here we go. 
Uh, they ended up winning by 21, so good that for them. Georgia State, is that right? That's right. Uh, Mississippi State had a long, long lightning delay versus Memphis yesterday. They ended up winning 49-23. Uh, Ole Miss, it's just a blow win against Troy, 28-10. to That's not impressive, but, you know, again, week one, I'm not holding it against them. Uh, Kentucky beats Miami of Ohio. And Texas A&M with another not impressive 31 to nothing win. I mean, Sam Houston State, they should have beat them like Alabama beat Utah State. Um, but, yeah, that was pretty much it. Uh, Tennessee and Missouri both played Thursday night. They both won big. So that pretty much wraps up the SEC uh, recap. So let's go ahead and talk about the main event, and that was Auburn versus Mercer yesterday. <sighs> wow. Um it was good to be back home, and like we said in the beginning, it was good to win, uh, just to get that winning feeling mojo back. Um, but, you know, looking back over the game yesterday, what, what was y'all's biggest takeaways, you know, just just getting it getting it over with? Um, so, first of all, well, I won't say that because I think you're going to ask us that in a minute, but I, I love that Tank and Jarquez both look better than they did last year. I mean, Tank ended up with 147 yards. Jarquez had 34 yards, but he also had three touchdowns. Um, Damari Austin got in there a little bit, and it's good to see him getting some work. He's what he's a freshman, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So if we could have a serious three deep backfield going into you know the deep part of our schedule, I think that helps out a ton in um, keeping Tank's legs fresh, keeping Jarquez fresh. Um, quarterback battle, you know, <laughs> it's still going. Yeah, I was I was shocked to see Robbie in there the first first series. Yeah, um, I really thought he would kind of give TJ a fair shakedown and see see what he could do. But I, I think he was leaning more towards a two quarterback system, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the looks. I like the package that Robbie has. Joker is fast. He is He's fast. way faster than I thought he was. Yeah. So um, I, I'm excited to see see what happens next week. I think Robbie should get his fair shot now after TJ got his, but at the end of the day, that's not up to me. You don't get paid that kind of money to make that kind of call. (laughs) Marcus? Uh, I mean, I think I was pleasantly surprised by two things, I would say. Um, Three things. Let's say three things. First off is Cam Riley. He's as good as advertised. Um, I, I saw a quote last night after the game where he said his original goal this year was for 50 tackles. He had 15 last night. Good start. So he said that that goal has obviously – he has increased that goal, which he should have. That that sounds good. At least he didn't say, so I'm almost there. Yeah. You know, so he's – he's. I thought he would be bigger, like more bulky. Yeah. But, I mean, he's still huge, and he's all over the place. I, I love him. Like he even said in, in his quote when they were talking to him last night – he said, I was told that I was going to have some big shoes to fill in Zacoby, and I have to do that. So, And he's right. Um, second thing I was impressed with was we tackled well. Um, we didn't miss many tackles. Now, I will say our secondary needs to probably improve on yards after catch. Like, I, I, I feel like we, we were leaving receivers open to make a play and giving, giving the quarterback a little bit of, um, you know, open spaces. But other than that, I really thought that O-line did pretty well, um, especially – like, here's the thing. Did they play great? I wouldn't say that. 
But we that was the biggest question mark for a lot of people last night. Mm-hmm. And we rushed 41 times behind them for 285 yards. That's good. Like, that's that's a good start. So I was, I was impressed that we gave quarterbacks time to throw. We did open up some holes. And, you know, you don't have to be negative about everything that happens. Like, you know, well, well they just didn't give them enough. Well, it's not about that. Like, so we, we are growing yeah. every week. So you gotta start somewhere. Exactly. And I thought we started well. And, and not to mention, Brahms ain't in there. He won't be in there. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was really, you know, I was really impressed with, with those three things. And then something that hasn't been talked about, in my opinion, is the play calling and creativity last night with different formations and stuff. I was blown out of the water. Yeah. I really was. I feel like we're going more to LSU, like – Less miles offense. Yeah, the under center, one back. Yep. Yeah. Multiple tight end sets. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's going to be something that some of us have to, like, adapt to. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, slowly. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, one of the coolest plays that I've seen in a long time where Robbie comes in motion. And Just, as he's coming in motion on TV, I go, that's Robbie. Yeah. And I was like, he's going to throw. And then they pitch it to him, and then he runs a speed option to tank off of it. I said, oh, no. <laughs> They're popping off. <laughs> I said, man, this is crazy. Yeah. So, like, and that's – you don't show plays like that against Mercer. So, that was nothing compared to what we've got. Yeah. So, I'm really excited. I, I was – like I said, I was really – I was happy with, with how Auburn looked last night altogether. And not to mention, I believe that that play came one or two plays after a reverse. <laughs> we had just run a double reverse. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, one thing that y'all didn't mention that I did want to hit on, I thought Leota played a great game he last did. Um, he did. His numbers aren't that great. He had four total tackles, two solos, and uh, two quarterback hurries. The, the two quarterback hurries were, were the thing that um, I was wanting to point out because we only had one sack last night that came from Derek Hall, which is what we expect from him. Um but Leota was the one who kind of reaped the benefits of, of having all the focus on Hall. And, you know, of course, Cam Riley's 15 sack or fifteen tackles. God, if he didn't have 15 sacks. <laughs> uh, 15 tackles were great. You know, nine of those 15 were solo, too. Yeah. That's, that's something to point out. Um, and to your point about the secondary, I thought that the, the yards after catch were there. But if we did have a guy on the receiver, we played great defense without committing penalties. Right. Um, we had a couple of really, really, really nice breakups last night. One in the end zone. Um, you know, I just it, if we can just keep our guys in position, they're gonna make the plays. And and so there there is a little bit of a concern there. Um, a lot of young guys in the city. It is, too. yeah, for sure. But you know, I'm I'm just trying to. You know, not not look at all the negatives because I've seen a lot of negatives on Twitter. I, I saw one of the guys who's usually not negative was being very negative last night, and I was just about tired of it. I feel like he was drunk, honestly. Yeah, I think he was because this morning he's case kind of singing a different tune. Yeah. So I was like, "But you have to stay out of the <laughs> out of the keg if yeah. you're going to tweet like that for sure." But no, I mean, you make a great point. On ball defense was very good last night, yeah. and even like I said with the tackling, I mean. When we had a guy there, he didn't miss the tackle, right. which is something that is very important. Like, if you're going to make that next step to be a good team, you can't miss tackles. That's something that the, those two superior teams we talked about earlier, they don't miss tackles. They run through you when they tackle you. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we have to do. 
And I thought we did a good job. You can't be afraid to, of contact. I thought our D-line was as good as advertised, to your point. Every play, it seemed like our defensive end was making a good move to mm-hmm. the quarterback, flushing him out. And, um, you know, I, I thought I thought the defense wreaked havoc um, on the D-line. So, I was I was pleased with that, um, you know. I, I love I love where we are because I see where we can improve and I know the coaches and obviously all they they see what we can improve too. So I think there's plenty of room for growth and I think that we'll keep getting better. It's not a cliche like, you know, we're used to hearing. Yeah. I really do think that the way that Harson and, and the company go into the film and they, they see what we see and I think they'll definitely you know, make some adjustments and stuff. I think another thing that's going to benefit Auburn here, you know, just in the short term, is the the way the schedule sets up. Mercer yesterday was was a very undersized team. I think that um, San Jose State this week is going to be a bigger, more physical team. But I think Mercer is actually probably the better team skill-wise, and I think that that's going to benefit Auburn. Like you, like you go from throwing around these guys yesterday who were who were good but small. To, to this week, you're going to play a team that's a little bit bigger, but maybe not as good. Yeah. So so you're going to test you know your your physicality this week, and, and I think that that's a good stepping stone for Auburn. And and you know all this is right before you play Penn State. So right. Um. I you know I, I think that that's a good good way to look at the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um. Brett, did you have anything else? No. No. I'm good. Okay, but I, I will say I this because I think like before we get in, I, I mean, where are we going after this? Are we, I mean, because we kind of you just preview, yeah, you know, for next week. Yeah, I think. well, no, I wasn't. I didn't want to go there yet. Um, I was wanting to see what y'all's biggest surprise was of yesterday. Okay, you, just just give me your biggest surprise, Cameron. Ollie. Okay, I was not expecting him to to record fifteen tackles in his first night okay. at Auburn. That, that's that was mine as well. But go ahead. Um, mine was probably Robbie and just how fast and athletic he is. They yeah. talked a lot about how athletic he is, but I never imagined that he would have that kind of speed. Uh, see him running down the sideline in that first drive, it was mm-hmm. it was a shocker. It, it's, I mean, let's not act like the bomb he threw wasn't you when you throw that ball. You usually try to hit him to where he's gonna be. He led Javoris Johnson perfectly. Yeah, yep. like. It was almost too much, but it was still just right on the money. Yeah. Beautiful ball. I bet yeah. that place went crazy. Oh, it did. Oh, yeah. It was it was nice, um, you know, to just to see him finally open it up mm-hmm. because it was run, run. That was his first throw. I know. It was the bomb. And um, so, yeah, it was good. Now, here's one thing I do want to say. TJ looked good yesterday minus the two picks, but you can't just take away the two picks. No. Like, like that did happen. Here, here's where it gets worse because this is what I was going to ask you was – we just got to talk about the quarterbacks. Yeah. He started out, if I'm not mistaken, I wish I, I do have for five. He was, I thought he was even seven for eight. It might have been that. And then his next four throws, he throws two interceptions yeah. and two know, incompletions. I respect Harson for pulling him. I respect because he didn't go in after the second interception. That's right. He didn't go back in. Now it's worth noting that in the post game, they him uh, Harson and Kesaw both said that this wasn't a pulling Finley situation. It was just the way the game was flowing. I'm not believing that. I I, I really don't. I would be. I honestly would be shocked if Robbie didn't start against San Jose State. Me too. I feel like you you're not going to get. 
a cheer if TJ starts trotting out there with the first group next Saturday. Yeah. Like, because at this point, and this is what I said with the preseason, if Robbie gets his shot and he performs well, which I thought he did. Shanker dropped the one pass that, that was thrown to him that I thought he should have called. So did Tank. Tank, Tank, Tank did too. Yeah, he was 4 of 7 with two drops. So Right. What I said was, is you put yourself in a position where everybody else sees that one's outperforming the other one. You can't just ride with TJ at the beginning of every week. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. There is something, because Harson even alluded to it in his press conference. He said... Y'all don't see everything that goes, you know, behind closed doors. And I don't think Robbie's a, you know, a punk or anything like that. I think he doesn't have a full grasp of the offense because that's kind of what he alludes to with TJ. But at the same time, like, if you – if so if we had to right now say TJ or Robbie starts next Saturday, I mean, what would you say? I, I think that much like you said with Harson being in a tough spot, he has named his starter and he has put confidence in T.J. Finley. Not just from a T.J. confidence thing, but at some point, like, Harson has to question himself. Like, did I pick the wrong guy? And I just feel like he's going to ride T.J. one more week, and I think T.J. does start this weekend. Um, I don't – again, I think it's much like this week where they both play, and I think Robbie may even play more. I just think T.J. plays first. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's like in basketball. There's one ball and there's five guys. You know, it's the same in football. You got two quarterbacks, there's only one ball. So somebody's got to get it first. And I, I think TJ is probably still the start of this week, but he better not throw two more pit. He better not throw one more pit. Well, um, we were talking about the short leash, and we saw it. Yeah, we, that, we that's what it. I would say is we did see the short leash. The problem is, is we take the dogs back inside, yeah. and when it's time to go back outside, we're putting the leash on the other one that, that messed up, yeah. and you had to take it off. So. I don't know. I, I'm kind of like, man, I, I'm struggling because, like, we're going to obviously get updates with on live every day. And when checking to see, you know, what what who's running with the ones and stuff. Robbie, when they talked to him last night, was more on the, I'm just thankful yeah. for the opportunity, blah, blah, blah. I think he's saying the right things, but he outperformed the starter. And if he doesn't get the chance, I would be being like, what, what else am I supposed to do? Yeah, what can so, yeah. but at the same time, he knows what he's got to do. Like, yeah, it's I, not, think, I think if that was to happen, it would just light more of a fire under him and push him to perform even more next mm-hmm. game. Like, he's like, all right, so now I just got to go prove myself a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my biggest thing, I've said it from, from the jump, I've said it all off season about TJ. I just think that when it gets to Saturdays under the lights, TJ can't put practice into the game. He's one of those guys that looks good in practice and shows that he knows everything, and he probably does know everything. He's a coach on the field. I get it. But you can't throw to the other team. And you did it twice, and it's the only reason they score before halftime. So not only are we throwing picks, we're throwing picks, and then they're able to run it back. So that's that's not ideal. And here's another thing. They were both bad. They were both bad. It's not like they were tip balls over the middle. They were bad. bad The second one – I don't even know what he was doing. It either. looked like he threw it right to him. I knew when he threw it. From where I was sitting, I knew he. I knew it was picked off when he let go. I said, oh, no. And, I mean, the safety just was like, thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, it was it was the easiest pick that guy I have all year. Take the safety away. 
it falls ten yards in front yeah, yeah, of yeah. the receiver. It was so under that's what it yeah. was. Yeah. But and he my my outlook on TJ was after the second pick, he just bent over. Yeah. He, knew. he knew. He said, yeah. yeah, I mean I know he knew. I can go shower. Yeah, so it's just, you know, did you see Robbie throw the block? Oh TJ? yeah. Dude, I, that was I saw TJ throw a good block yesterday on the reverse. He too. did. He did. He, he threw did. a really good yeah, block. Yeah, like that's my thing is Both I guys like are most, playing hard. I feel like most of the of the um I'm sorry. The fan base, they're not like trying to bring TJ down. TJ's bringing TJ down, yeah. like with his play. Well, TJ just makes it hard for the fans to get in his corner. Yeah, he that, does. That's the yeah. thing. If he goes out and doesn't throw a pick this week, if he's the starter and doesn't throw a pick, he'll start against Penn State. Yeah. But if he throws, I would say one pick. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I mean, I feel like Carson gave him a two pick window and he used them both last night in the first half. I'll <laughs> say this, though. Even if TJ don't throw those picks last night, I feel like Robbie still plays. Oh, he as does. One, like he does. That's that was my point when you asked me what my take was. I think that TJ is your starter, but I think they want Robbie to get more plays to to fill it out. Something Robbie said was, "Is they I knew I would play. I just didn't know how much." Right. And so when they call his number in the first drive, I think Robbie lots up and goes, okay. "Oh, okay, let's okay. do this thing." Yeah. So like. I was telling Brett last night, or maybe both of y'all, but like it had to have helped Robbie's confidence in I am a piece in this offense. Right. So whether TJ's out there or I'm out there, I can cheer for this team because I'm a part of this team. Mm-hmm. I do have a question for y'all. Were y'all surprised that Calzana got no plays? I I don't know where Calzada is helped. I'd have to say it was because of his shoulder. That's the yeah, only thing, the only reason I think he didn't play. I think that's the reason he's not in the he's not playing. Yeah, yeah, I really do. I think that they're not saying that, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. But I just think his shoulder's that bad. Yeah. Like I don't think he can throw to, to his ability. What so, year is Calzada? I believe he's a junior. I think that's right. I think he was a sophomore last year at A and M. He transferred as a junior. So, so I mean, if you don't play this year, you got another year. And he's a redshirt. I'm telling you. Yeah, uh, we, we've got a secret weapon, boys. <laughs> Holden is coming. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that next year none of this is going to matter. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I, I do hate it for Calzada because you don't transfer from, from a situation that he was in to a what he thought was a better situation and then be the third-string quarterback. So, you know, I, I really do think that it, it is injury-related. And like Marcus said, for whatever reason, they're not saying that. I think it would make it easier on them if they did just say it. You know, hey, yeah. here's why it's a two quarterback race. Calzada's not healthy, um, but you know it is what it is. We may see him this week. We may see him later on down the road. I don't know. I mean, but, it's hard for coaches to say that he's not healthy when there's video of him throwing every <laughs> practice. That's true. That's so, true. That's true. <laughs> I don't know if I completely buy into the medical thing, but I mean, he did have surgery, and they said yeah. that he wasn't back 100. percent But he's still throwing every single day of practice. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, I mean, when a baseball pitcher has surgery, he can still throw a ball. He's just not throwing it, you know, 100%. And he's not getting hit. I understand that. And if I'm – like, Calzada had only the fall. Yeah. Like, so he's really behind. Yeah. I mean, Robbie had the spring and the fall, and apparently he's still not all there in the playbook. So, that's the case. It's a little bit more complex, you know. One more thing I want to hit on on the quarterback. One more quote I saw from Robbie last night was – he said, I, I want to remind people 
I'm not just an athlete, I'm a quarterback. Yeah. Like, he's he's not in there to <laughs> – tell me how you feel about this because I know you're a big Nick Marshall guy. Where are you, Robbie, to Nick Marshall? Just what you saw from one game from an athletic standpoint. Do you think he's that athletic or do you think he's a better quarterback? I think it's different. I'll say this. If you plug Robbie into into that Hunter, hurry up, no huddle, is what it's called. I know, I know. It's hard to hear you say it. <laughs> and if you plug him into that offense, okay, all right. Do we need to take a second? Are we good? If you plug him into that, that Gus's offense, I think he does well, really well. He's not in that offense, and he's still doing good. So that's what I would say. If he was in a true RPO like Oregon, like he would I, be even better. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, he's doing what he's asked, and he can throw the football. Yeah, obviously, I think both him. The, this is my problem. To me, TJ and Robbie's problems are the short passes. Mm-hmm. TJ's That's got it. a good little arm oh, yeah. when he's throwing like an out route and stuff like that. Like he he can hit those guys, but. I feel like when it comes to touch, they don't have, and that's a problem when neither one of your two quarterbacks can do it. So, I just wanted to get y'all's feeling, Robbie versus Nick, because I, I was thinking about that. Like, I was thinking about that today. Robbie is so athletic, but he's he's more than just athletic. Like, I, I think he's, I think he wants to be a better passer. Yeah, I would definitely say that. But my my thing is, is like I look at Jacquez and Tank. And then Robbie, and just think, dude, this could be this could be a three-headed monster in the backfield where you don't want any three of those guys yeah. touching the ball. Yeah. So like that's where I see it, and that's where I want it to go. That's my opinion. Okay. All right, Brett. Anything else on the quarterback battle? No, no, I agree with everything that said. Um, I I hope both of them perform well. That's all I can say. <laughs> I hope we win. <laughs> hope the eagle flies. Yeah. Do uh, who do you think starts Saturday? TJ or Robbie? Not who do you hope. Who do you think? Um, I think you might have convinced me TJ starts. I was leaning more towards Robbie, but after hearing reasoning and maybe logic, <laughs> I think maybe TJ does. But I wish, like I, I said, a very point. short leash and. Wouldn't be surprised if we see Robbie in first series again either. Yeah, so. yeah I, I think the workload's the same. I just I, I think you have to show not only TJ, but you have to show your fan base that I made this choice for a reason, and this is why this is my QB one, and he's still my QB one even though he threw two picks last week. So this is this is his quote because I'm like torn both ways. This is what Harson said last night about quarterbacks. Look. TJ is our starter. He came into our game as our starter, and Robbie gave got a chance to play and did well. TJ had a couple of turnovers. Not ideal, not what you want, but we're not making any decisions right now. We're going to go back, and we're going to see what it was caused, the turnovers, and how the guys played. So, well, if that's the case, I have bad news for TJ because what right. caused those turnovers was him making two bad throws. He did not say though, TJ's our guy going forward. Yeah, like true. he didn't say that. That's so true. I would have to say, like, if Robbie can step it up in this week's practice, mm-hmm. and Robbie, here's here's what I'll say: if Robbie starts Saturday, TJ's done. Robbie, yeah. Yeah, because Robbie looked good in the spring. Like, Robbie outplayed TJ in the spring. Like, Robbie's one of those guys that plays good under the lights. I feel like he plays better. Right, that's what I'm thinking. So, like, if Robbie gets the the reins, see ya. All right. 
All right, well, let's uh, put a bow on week one, and look, we'll go ahead and look at week two. We'll get a preview. Uh, we'll stay with Auburn right here. we got San Jose State coming to town this week. Um, another home game, another night game, 6.30 kick. Uh, this one's on ESPNU, so we won't be struggling. This <laughs> is struggling trying to find it. Thank God. Um, San Jose State, they are 1-0, and but they struggled week one to beat Portland State, an FCS school. Uh, they beat them 21 to 17, and this is a team that I thought was a little bit better than that. Um, maybe, maybe they were looking ahead to Auburn. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> you know, I mean, like like I said earlier, I think San Jose State is going to be bigger and more physical, but I just don't think they're even as good as Mercer. I, I think I actually expect Auburn to win by a bigger margin than we did last night. Well, uh, do y'all have any? Opposing to any, any opposition to that? No, not really. No, I mean, either. we ain't gonna. I'd like, like I said, I'd like for our secondary to look better. I'd like, you know, smaller windows for the quarterback to throw in. We didn't. I didn't even feel like we had a blown coverage last night. Like it wasn't like that. I just wanted our guys. I felt like there were times where the quarterback threw and there was nobody around him. Mm-hmm. So you could call that a blown coverage, I guess. I don't know, but I just think our guys just need to. Do a little bit better with that, but other than that, I don't have much. Well, the the good news about that is uh, in their week one win, they threw the ball 30 times. So they they are going to test our DBs. They only had 49 total rushing yards, and that was against Portland State. So I don't expect them to come in and try to run the ball against us. Um, I think our DBs will be challenged. I think our coverages um, are going to have to be a little bit, you know, a little tighter. Um, I, I thought the defensive plan last night was very – very vanilla, you know, good clean zones and, and not not a whole lot of blitzing. I thought we were, you know, just relying on our front four to, to get home. and That's because you can. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. And uh, we had four four quarterback hurries. Uh, Leota had two of them. Hall had a sack. So, you know, we, we did what we wanted to do with our front four and didn't have to really put anything on tape, you know, blitz-wise. So, thought that was very good. Um yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We ought to win big this week. And if we don't, I'm, I'm going to be very worried about week three. No, so, I'm worried about week three. Okay. Well, I'm glad, glad we're not. We'll talk about that next week. For sure. Absolutely. Got to get through this one first. One game at a time, boys. All right. Um, SEC matchups this week. What's y'all's biggest one? Mm, this is tough. So, so you didn't go right to Alabama, Texas? Believe it or not. <laughs> Well, I think game day is just going because I ain't been to Texas in a while. Um, I feel bad for them. I really do. I mean, Texas fans are going to wake up really early. They're going to go to game day, put the hard hat on, yeah. and then get smashed at 11 a.m. In the heat. Dude, just, they're going to get waxed. Fun. It's not going to be a good time for them. Like, I really don't see – I just don't see it. I don't see it being closer than 28. 28. That's yeah. what I was thinking. I mean, I could easily see a 42-10, yeah. 49-nothing. Yeah. Like – I'm oh just gosh. <laughs> I can see it too. I'm just saying yeah. that would be the yeah. worst case scenario yeah, when for you Texas. Hear, when you hear it come out, it's <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god, man, really? Bama's good. Yeah, they Bama's are. good. They are. Um, I think the one that I'm going to be most intrigued by is going to be Kentucky, Florida. Oh yeah, that's mine too. I, I think that that's a too. big one in the East, and another big one in the East is going to be uh, well, it's East and West, South Carolina, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. I think um, Arkansas look. Good enough yesterday in South Carolina. You know, they've got a lot of hope. So, that'll be a good one. Uh, Marcus, we talked about this one earlier. Vandy, I don't know why I keep going to you with the Vandy thing, but I'm sorry. I'm trying to do better. It's okay. I am. Um, I mean, I made – sorry, everybody knows. I made a mistake. 
the same Vandy Seagulls four wins. <laughs> They're halfway there. Yeah. Two games in the season. Yeah. And with a chance this week. Right. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but I, I don't I don't mean to keep having you about it's it. Uh, Tennessee goes to Pitt in a return for a home and home. That's going to be another good game. They uh, go to Pitt. That's right. Okay. Pitt came to Tennessee last year and won. Uh, Tennessee's a six-point favorite in that game, and Pittsburgh is the team that's ranked. So that tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> I, I, I'd probably have to pick Tennessee, though. Yeah. If I was going to pick straight up, I'd probably pick Tennessee in that one. Yeah, uh, that's, it's definitely going to be one I'll watch. Uh, Missouri-Kansas State, they're going to renew their Big 12 rivalry this weekend. K-State is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over Missouri this week, which is who often plays week four. So that's one to watch. And Mississippi State goes to the desert to play Arizona. That's really all the... I don't know. Let me pull oh. one out for you. Okay. Okay. I think we've convinced Marcus. Go ahead. I think it, I know where he's going. It's not that I think... This is one of those that I don't think... It's upset. That it's upset. I'm not calling it upset. App State's going to score. They scored a, They scored 61 points yesterday. <laughs> On Gene Chiswick. On Chiswick, which is not saying that much. Like, Mac Brown's in the nursing home. I don't know how he's recruiting guys out there. When y'all watched them yesterday, I was like, Chiswick's up in the booth, you know, just happy-go-lucky. And then Mac Brown's just there. It's weird to me. But anyways, getting off that. I think App States can score. A&M struggled early yesterday scoring. It's just one to watch. If it's close in the third, it's going to be like, Hmm. Yeah. Let's see what happens. But, no, I'm with you. Florida, Kentucky, and I'm anxious to see what South Carolina's going to do. Yeah. How did Rattler do yesterday? I didn't even see how, how uh, he played. He was 23 of 37, 227 yards and a touchdown. So, average numbers. Yeah. I mean, he, he threw the ball 37 times. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. They're, they're a spread offense, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, Pretty good, good games one. for week two. Yeah, I'm happy about And we hadn't even got to the, the top 25 games outside of the SEC. So. Well, hang on, before we go there, who, okay. if you had to pick, who do you pick between Kentucky and Georgia? I mean, uh, Florida. Uh, it's at Florida. It is at Florida. Florida. At 6 p.m. I'd say Florida. Yeah. Me yeah. too. I mean, well, and another thing that's not being mentioned, Kentucky's without their star running back. He's suspended. Mm. He suspended the first four games. Well, it's it's an indefinite suspension, but it's at least at least four. He was involved in some kind of robbery in the off season or something, something stupid. No, Cal Perry set it up. <laughs> no, this happened way before that. <laughs> no, I mean, dude. But, but it is worth noting. I mean, that that's a no, lot of their weird. offense from last year. Let, let me say this, Florida, like. I feel like teams, when they get a big win like Florida did yesterday, you do one or two things. You either high, too high or you're too, you know, if you get beat, you're too low. Yeah. But I'm telling you, Florida, that was confidence and momentum in the first game of the season. And Florida should be ranked, which I know they don't do rankings until week six. But Florida, Florida's well, got – Well, Florida's got something rolling. Yeah. And, and it was a big win last night. So – I'd say Florida big, yeah. two touchdowns. The the line has actually already dropped a point uh, from when I looked at it just two hours ago. It's down to four and a half. Uh, Florida's four and a half point favorite. I, I'd say I could see him winning by ten to fourteen. Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely going to go Florida. But more more on that later. But yeah, um, 
Anybody else in the SEC? Is that it? No. No, that's, that's, that's the only one I have. All right, so uh, let's go top 25. I don't see a whole lot this week um, outside of the SEC. There's a ranked matchup with Baylor and BYU, uh, 10 versus 25. Baylor. Mm. Baylor's a, a top 10 team, but BYU's the two-and-a-half-point favorite. It's in Provo, so uh, that's one. And then USC and Stanford, I think, is going to be very interesting. It's at Stanford, uh, USC off a big win. Lincoln Riley's debut yesterday. Um, Oklahoma West, if you will. They um, they won like 70 to, or 66 to 13 or something like that. So, um SC did look good against a nobody like they should have. And then, you know, that's a rivalry. USC Stanford's a pretty big rivalry, I believe. So, not much other than those two. Uh, so, I know I just had this in a weird spot because Wake is ranked 22. They are. You want to guess when the last time Vandy beat a top 25 team? Come on, Randy. Well, it seemed it seemed like it was just a few years ago, but I don't think you would have asked if it was. It so. wasn't. Okay. When was it? Oh wait. Oh wait. Oh god, don't let it be us. No, 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 okay. no. That was my first thought. I don't think it I I don't think that it said who it was, but yeah. So it could have been us. No. Um but yeah, oh wait. So that's over dude, that's a long, long time. It's almost fifteen years okay. since they beat a top twenty five team. That's a that's a long time to struggle. Yeah, that's true. So, definitely one to watch. I, um, I'm pulling for old Dandy Bandy this week. Oh, I, I, I hated him. I'm going over. I really wanted him to lose week one. No, you did. No, I did. <laughs> um, but you know, go good for them. Good, <laughs> good for Bandy. Yep. So that's that's pretty much it. Uh, y'all want to go ahead and announce your picks? I've I've already hinted at mine. I've got Florida minus four and a half now versus Kentucky. Um, that's that's my pick this week. Let's. I tell you what. Before we do that, let me recap where we're at. Brett has hit both of his picks week zero and week one. Me and Marcus both hit our week zero picks, and we both missed our week one picks. So Brett leads two one one, and that is going into week two. And I am going Florida minus four and a half. Brett, who you got? I'm going back to UTSA. Um, they are the favorite at two against Army. Okay. So I'm just saying that they cover. All right. Uh, Brett writing UTSA. I like it. He's going to – who was it? Somebody last year had picked like the same team all year long. It was some random team like like UTSA. I don't remember who it was now, but they they did well. So it's a good trend there. And when you said Army, I wanted to mention this too. Army lost or Navy lost to Delaware yesterday, fourteen to seven. Delaware, fourteen to seven, and fumbled the ball four times in the first half. Can't do that being option team. Four times in the first half. They're not an option team anymore. I'm sorry. Navy. Yeah. You think that disqualifies them? Well, when you're an option team and you're on the ball 60 times a game, it's a little different. But, <laughs> yeah, you can't fumble the ball four times. Yeah, that's, that's going to get you beat, even if it is Delaware. Sorry, you say an Army made me think of Navy, and I, I saw that this morning. You're good. Good. All right, Marcus, who's your pick this week? Barn by 50. Barn by 50. <laughs> <laughs> what you got the line at right now, buddy? No, it's uh, 23 and a half. All right, so, so 23 and a half. I think Auburn will cover. Auburn. All right. Yeah, glad you cleared that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, I'll be able to, like, watch it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. 
Well, let's uh, go ahead and get into Marxist Plains and Poll this week. All right, let's do it. So, um, man, I'm t- I'm I'm gonna have to just letting y'all know. I'm about to start getting off of just sports and football. Okay. And like opening up, I didn't this week, but it's coming. We're about to get more creative. Okay. So I like that. Uh, this one though, what player has to step up this season for Auburn to succeed? I, I'm shooting for somebody that's not on, you know, not a Derek Call or Owen Popo or anything like that. I think Donovan Kaufman is a safety. That's I, I think he's going to have to play well on the back end and, like you said, just avoid blown coverages. You know, if a corner does get beat, just help. You know, um, I think he looked okay last night. He had a tackle. I think he had a pass breakup. So I think he's in position where he can, and I think he's definitely going to have to to make the defense better. Um, I'll go to the offensive side of the ball. Mine may be obvious, but I think it's Tate Johnson. Um, he's got big shoes to fill with Brahms being out. Mm-hmm. He's our center. Um, he touches the ball first every play. So he's got to be able to step up and play against SEC guys first year in there. I'd have to say he did good last night too. He did. Just per, like just a him performance, he did well. Yeah, and it's more than just blocking. Like Brett said, that oh, yeah. that exchange has to be good. Mercer had two bad snaps. It's Russell reading defenses yeah. and all that stuff yeah. too. So he uh, to be so undersized, you know, compared to the rest of the offensive line, I, I think he did hold his own last night. That, yeah. that's a that's a real good one, Brett. I think mine would probably be Shed, um, just because I feel like Javaris Johnson may be that guy. We need a second guy. Yeah. We need another guy that if Javaris is being covered up by somebody's best DB. I think Shed's got to gotta have a really good season for Auburn to be good. That's a really good point because it feels like in the past we've had one guy. Yeah. Like we've had a Seth Williams. We've had a Sammy Coates. But if that guy's covered up, there's no there's no other guy. So that, yeah. that's a really good point. Um, this one is uh, kind of weird, but I think we'll all three have different answers. Um, who's your favorite coach on the staff? On the staff? On the staff. Who's your Ooh. favorite coach? Mine is Cadillac. I knew, I, yeah, I knew that was going to be one, and I knew that you would have the most insight because you li- you've listened to Horse's yeah. podcast. Yeah, the Huddle with Horse podcast, by the way, if y'all haven't listened, is a really really good listen. Um, he has all the coaches on, you know, kind of one by one, and sits down and asks them pretty much how'd you get here, and and most of them have really really good stories. Um, but Carnell's just—he's always been my favorite, like favorite anything, whatever he was, he was my favorite one of them. Um, I mean, the nickname Cadillac is as cool as it comes anyway. But, you know, he, he he's such a good fit there with Tank. The chemistry's there. He's just – I think he's the one that kept Tank from leaving this offseason. I really do. Ah, I uh, you know, I, I think he's a very big recruiter also, more than just the coach aspect of it. Um, so, yeah, that, that's mine for sure. Yeah, Um I'm also going to go with the Auburn guy. Uh, mine is Zach Etheridge. Uh, what he has done with the secondary is incredible. Yeah. Like, you go back probably 10 years, and our secondary is not talked about anywhere. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he has come in and turned it around, and now we're known for having a great secondary the past, what, four or five years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Uh, he's done really well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mine's obvious, like – I don't know, man. Over the past year and a half, I've gotten like Harson's the man. Oh, like, okay. So he's my favorite. He I didn't really, know the head coach was on the table. I'm sorry. Me either. <laughs> well, I tried to stay away from that on purpose. I did too. Sorry. It's all right. Got him. <laughs> um, no, man. I just I will be I will be heartbroken 
if if he's not the coach next year for whatever reason. I I don't even care if he goes seven and five. If if Harson's let go, I'm gonna be heartbroken. So yeah, Harson's definitely my favorite. I like it. And then my next one's kind of one of those crazy ones where Brett can't answer. Okay. We got something in a week. Oh boy, a week from today. A week from today. Okay. And I just wanted to put on. I just wanted you just to put it on on the pod. Okay. Boy or girl. I do believe it's going to be a boy. Right. That's what I'm pulling for. It's what I've made myself believe. I've convinced myself <laughs> that when I hit that little golf ball in a week, there's going to be blue stuff going everywhere. Boy, ain't that something. <laughs> I really hope. I'm pulling for it. I'm also team boy. All right. And uh, I'll, if nothing else, we're putting it into existence. That's what it. We're the just... color of the ball will change. Yeah. Even this if, no matter what it is, because it. we're putting in Asics. All right. And Brett, so. you, don't, you don't get to pick. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's all. Uh, Brett will be calling the game. He cannot pick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and that's all we have for Plainsman Paul. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's pretty much all we have for the podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, y'all make sure to like and subscribe to us. Uh, we're on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we also have our... Social media platforms, we're on Twitter and Instagram, at Plainsman Pod. You can find us on Facebook at the Plainsman Podcast. Uh, make sure you rate us, get, uh, give us five stars. That helps out a ton. Um, you can find all our Plainsman Poll questions on our socials. You know, drop, drop your comments. Let us know what you think, where we were wrong, where we were right. Um, Till next time, guys. We'll talk to you all next week. And we're in.